You're listening to the Tapis Paranormal Talking Point Podcast, a show that discusses various aspects of the paranormal world, with paranormal news, ghost stories, interviews, and much more. And without further ado, let's get into some talking points. Hi guys, Scott here from Tepper's Paranormal and welcome back to the Tepper's Paranormal Talking Point Podcast. So today we're going to be taking a look at some Japanese urban legends. Specifically, I've got five that I want to talk about. To start us off, we're going to look at Kuchisake Ona. Kuchisake Ona is one of the more famous Japanese urban legends and one that I'm quite interested in. Described as a malicious and vengeful spirit, its name literally translates as slip-mouthed woman. This spirit is said to be that of a woman who carries a sharp object such as a sword, knife or scissors, depending on which tale you hear. She's described by those who have seen her as having long straight hair, pale skin and, the most notable feature, a slit that passes from ear to ear like a Glasgow smile. According to legend, this spirit wears a mask or scarf that covers her mouth and then asks her victims if they think she's beautiful. If they reply no, she will kill them. If they reply yes, she will remove the mask and reveal her slit mouth and then repeat the same question. Again, if the victim answers no, they're killed instantly. But if they answer yes, she'll cut their mouth in the same way as hers, matching her disfigurement. Now, it's said that there are several ways to survive this spirit, including describing her appearance as average, responding to her question with one of your own, or even distracting her with money. The story has several suggested origins, all of which have her being killed and her mouth being slit. In some versions, she's the adulterous wife of a samurai who was punished for her infidelity, and in others, she was mutilated during a dental procedure by a jealous dentist. Though first mentioned in the 1600s, sightings of Kuchisake Ona seem to have been highly common in Japan around the 1970s, when these tales led to hysteria, which meant that children were not able to walk home from school unattended. For more information about this vengeful spirit, and for a more detailed account of her possible origins, you can check out Doody Rhino's video on the subject over on his YouTube channel. Moving on from Kuchisake Ona, we have Teke Teke. Now, Teke Teke is another Japanese vengeful spirit. Teke Teke is said to be the ghost of a schoolgirl that fell onto a railway line, and as a result, she was cut in half by a train. Now, this spirit is said to lurk in urban areas and also around train stations at night. Since Teke Teke no longer has a lower body, it's said that she travels on either her hands or her elbows, dragging her upper torso along. Long. This is also where she gets her name, as the torso scratching and dragging along the floor makes a kind of teke teke sound. If teke teke encounters an individual, it's said that she will chase them, and much like Kuchisake Ona, will mimic her own disfigurement upon them, in this case, cutting them in half with a sigh that she's said to carry for some reason. One popular version of this story tells of a young woman known as Kashima Raiko. It's said that once an individual hears this name, the spirit will appear to them within one month. It's also said that the story of Kashima Raiko predates that of Teke Teke, and that Kashima Raiko's story specifically states that she haunts bathroom stalls, asking occupants if they know where her legs are. It seems whichever answer they give, the spirit cuts them in half, and the only known method of surviving this spirit is said to be responding that her legs are on the Maishin Expressway, at which point she will leave and go looking for her missing legs. Moving on again, we have Hanako-san, also known 
as Hanako-san of the toilet. Now, Hanako-san seems to be similar to a Japanese version of Bloody Mary to some degree, in that unlike the others on this list, this spirit is summonable, with Japanese schoolchildren challenging their classmates and friends to summon Hanako-san. According to legend, this spirit is that of a young girl named Hanako-san, who haunts school toilets. This spirit has three possible origins that are commonly reported. One is that Hanako-san is the ghost of a World War II era girl who was killed during an air raid while playing hide-and-seek in the toilet of a school. The second is that she's the spirit of a girl who was murdered by either her parents or a stranger. And finally, the third is that Hanako-san was a girl who committed suicide in a school toilet. Whichever origin you take to be true, the legend remains the same. To summon Hanako-san, you must enter the school's girl's toilet, in some tellings of the story, the third floor toilet specifically, and then you must knock on the third stall three times and ask if Hanako-san is present. If the spirit is there, she will reply with, yes, I am, and then depending on the story, the individual may then be pulled down the toilet by either Hanako-san or by a bloody ghostly hand. It's said that this toilet leads straight to hell, or that the individual is eaten by a three-headed lizard who's found in the sewers underneath. Much like the common blood Mary, this seems to be more of a challenge used to scare people and that children are challenged to do in school. I don't necessarily know the sort of accuracy behind the stories, but it's quite an interesting tale. Next up, we have a haunted doll that I intentionally left off the haunted dolls episode. Okiku is a Japanese doll that, according to folklore, in 1918 was purchased by Akichi Suzuki for his younger sister Akiku. When Akiku died suddenly, her family came to believe that her spirit was inhabiting the doll. It's also said that the hair of this doll grows, and that upon testing, the doll's hair is in fact human. The doll is now stored in the Monenji Temple in Hokkaido, where it's claimed that a priest regularly trims the doll's still growing hair to keep it short. The final Japanese urban legend that I'm going to talk about is Tomino's Hell. Now, this one is a poem that, according to legends, is said to either curse or kill those who read it aloud. It's said that people complained of having sharp headaches, muscular spasms, or malice after reading this poem. So, I'm of course going to read it out loud. Now, I found several different translations of the poem, though it's said that this curse will also happen with the English version, and that all three of the versions I have found are capable of doing it. So, I picked the most popular one, the one that seems to be the most common online, and I'm going to read it for you now. His older sister vomited blood, his younger sister vomited fire, and the cute Tomino vomited glass beads. Tomino fell into hell alone. Hell is wrapped in darkness, and even the flowers don't bloom. Is the person with the whip Tomino's older sister? I wonder who the whip's Shibusa is. Hit, hit, without hitting. Familiar hell's one road. Would you lead him to the dark hell? To the sheep of gold? To the bush warbler? I wonder how much he put into the leather pocket for the preparation of the journey into the familiar hell. Spring is coming even in the forest and the stream. Even in the stream of the dark hell, the bush warbler in the birdcage, the sheep in the wagon, tears in the eyes of cute Tomino, cry, bush warbler, towards the raining forest. He shouts that he misses his little sister. The crying echo reverberates throughout hell. The fox Pinoy blooms, circling around hell's seven mountains and seven streams. The lonely journey of cute Tomino. If they're in hell, bring them to me. The needle of the graves I won't pierce with the red needle in the milestones of little Tomino. 
So that was Tomino's Hell. It's a slightly creepy poem. I don't necessarily know why. It's particularly odd, but I think the translation difficulties and the fact that it doesn't quite make sense in English obviously make it seem creepier because it is broken English. But with that, that brings us to the end of our five Japanese urban legends. Hopefully I survived Tomino's Hell. Other people that I know have read it aloud have survived, um, but obviously if anything happens I will let you know. And without further ado, that leads us on to the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point podcast news review. As you know, I do a lot of paranormal investigation, and when I do, I like to be comfortable which is why I wear clothing from allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk. With a wide range of high-quality clothing available for low prices, I strongly recommend checking out their website and buying some clothes. If you enjoy quality clothing, visit allegedlypossiblymaybe.co.uk and use discount code TEPIS at checkout to save 10% on your order. Okay, so now it's time for the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point Podcast News Review. To start us off, we have a headline which reads... A Coatbridge man captures creepy white lady ghostly image in window at haunted Dalzell estate. So according to this article, a Lancashire man has captured the eeriest of images while out walking at Dalzell estate in Motherwell. Martin Leeson of Coatbridge was snapping picturesque photos of the scenic nature area and former Stratley Castle, which now serves as luxury flats when he spotted a strange looking enigma in one of the windows of the historic building. Deciding to investigate further, the 55-year-old snapped away and was later shocked to discover the ghostly image clear as day in his pictures. Intrigued by his haunted sighting, he returned a few days later and took the same image, and lo and behold, this time the ghost was nowhere to be seen. So, according to the man, he remembered reading a story about the Dalzell estate supposedly being haunted by the ghosts of three ladies and decided to take a photo of the image at the window. He was using a camera with little zoom to take photos of the nature landscapes, but he decided to enlarge the images on his computer when he got home and he was very surprised to see that the image looked like a ghostly face. Reading up a little more on the history, he says that he watched an online video about the Dalzell Castle estate and found that there are three ghosts reputed to haunt the castle from different eras in history, a grey lady, a white lady and a green lady. He's very surprised to learn that the white lady is said to appear at windows and that she's thought to be a maid who jumped from the tower above the Winnie Barn. And the window where he took the picture is on the tower above the Winnie Barn. Now, looking at the picture... There is a white sort of shape, but because the picture is so enlarged, you can't really make out any detail. I'm not necessarily sure if I think it's a haunting. It looks to me like it could potentially be the reflection of a cloud or something in the window. Looking at the other picture he took, where he went back a few weeks later and took a second, the shape definitely isn't there. If the white lady is reported to be seen in the window regularly, this could be interesting, and it's something that I think would warrant further investigation. It's the sort of place that I would maybe set up a camera that takes pictures regularly, or even set up a video camera to film there as obviously a single photograph isn't particularly compelling but it's something that yeah i think it's definitely interesting and it's worth investigating further i may look into the castle and see sort of you know any other claims about the location next up we're talking about bum pinching ghosts that invade scottish pub as most haunted places are uncovered now this article talks mainly about a bum pinching ghost 
that is among the paranormal spectres to haunt Ayrshire over the years. A new study shows that the county is one of the most haunted places in Scotland with over 40 apparent spectral sightings. And specifically, this invisible cheeky chap is one of those hauntings. It's claimed that owners of the Castleview Boozer in Dundonald called in paranormal investigators after staff reported having their bottoms pinched by an invisible assailant. Disembodied footsteps were also heard on site. According to the paranormal database, it goes on to record the otherworldly experiences of Ayrshire's terrifying tales. With spooky South Ayrshire reports, multiple sightings ranging from the 20th century to reoccurring events today, including the tale of a vengeful mermaid who cursed the mistress Nocdolian Castle, leaving the estate without an heir. An interesting tale and a ghost that pinches bottoms is definitely something strange. This obviously being one of the most potentially haunted areas in Scotland makes it very interesting, and there are a lot of claims in the area. I mean, it's not quite the Scottish Highlands, which I believe have a lot more sightings than the 44 or the 42 reported here, um, but of course it definitely is interesting. Finally, we're moving on to an article that is i believe from today or at least it's published in today's copy of the daily star sunday which i picked up specifically for this and it talks of a bigfoot hunter who says he has proof that a seven foot beast exists after discovering a 41 centimeter footprint lee brickley who i'm convinced i've spoken about several times previously on this channel found tracks and claw marks after a decade of searching for the ape-like beast the 33 year old says the print was a terrifying 41 centimeters from toe to heel nearly twice the size of a man's size 8. Lee says he knows people will think he's mad, but he hopes to prove them wrong. He said, When I showed them the pictures, they're amazed. There have been sightings of a yeti-like creature around Cannock Chase in Staffordshire dating back to the 1800s, and Lee has heard of 12 in the past two years and has even camped in the woods in a bid to spot the creature, known in the US as a Sasquatch. He said, Loads of people now message me regularly asking for updates. I got an anonymous email from a man who said he'd been flying a remote control plane over Gentleshaw Common at Cannock Chase, who said he'd spotted something unusual. With his description of the location, I went out there straight away and found a footprint. I was astounded. I'd never seen a footprint that large in my life, and it was clearly not made using a mould or cast. This is probably the moment I realised the Cannock Chase Bigfoot was more than just a myth, he said, and a month later, he found the claw marks on a tree near a mutilated deer and he said it looked as though something had bitten and ripped its throat out before eating from the torso. You see a lot of dead deer on Canic Chase. Often they've been hit by cars, but it was unusual to see one in that condition. Lee claims he caught a glimpse of Bigfoot once while researching for his book and he said he can't say for sure what this is as it was around 7pm and getting dark and the figure was covered in shadow, but it definitely moved more like an animal than a man and it was easily 7 feet tall. He tried to run after it, but it was too quick and disappeared into dense sections of tree. Lee's been fascinated with Bigfoot ever since he was a child, and he remembers watching documentaries on the subject when he was younger. All the famous sightings were in America, so when he was older he started researching any UK sightings and he kept going from there. Now, the fact that he was anonymously told about this location where strange things happening, and when he went there, found that footprint, makes me think that this could have been an elaborate prank that was set on the man that people knew was a Bigfoot fanatic. I have heard other claims of Bigfoot and other cryptids in the UK, and it's something that I'm currently looking into further, as it does intrigue me as well. Um, specifically cases such as the Black Shuck or the Beast of Bodmin Moor. Bigfoot, I'm not quite sure if I believe is in the UK. There's a couple of Facebook groups that I'm also a part of that, again, don't seem to be overly compelling. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and of course I will keep an eye on it and investigate it further, and I'll keep you updated if I find anything. But for now, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Tepes Paranormal Talking Point Podcast. 
and I'll see you in another episode. Thanks for listening.